Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the weekend edition of Stacking Pennies. We call it Spare Change, presented by Mobile One. The boys are hanging out in Vegas. Corey LaJoy, Ryan Flores, Danielle Trotta here. Recapping everything we've seen on track so far and previewing the Cup Series race from Las Vegas Motor Speedway on Sunday. Boys, let's start with the Xfinity Series because it's not every day you see a first-time winner and especially at his home track. Happy for Riley Herbst. My man was pumped up, rightfully so. Uh, congrats to Riley Herbst yesterday. Um, well, it, it's not the first time we've seen first-time winners at their home track this year. Sam Mayer won a Road America. Uh, so obviously anytime you can notch, put a notch in your belt, particularly at, at the home track is certainly special. So that was, uh, I was, I was pretty pumped up to see how pumped up Troy Herbs, uh, Riley's dad was, my man was fired. You can't go, yeah. you can't go around a city block in Vegas and not see a terrible Herbs gas station. So sure. It means a lot to those guys to win at the, at their, uh, hometown. Yeah, one thing with that car, they just recently, uh, when they were making a playoff run, they switched car chiefs to the guy who I tried to model my career after, Todd Ziegler. And it's it's crazy. You see some guys get on teams and they just kind of high tide raises all ships. So ever since Todd's come on, Riley said he's been great. And he's a guy that's won races, been, been around a lot. So making that program better too. So pumped for everybody on that. Yeah, another cool thing recently, uh, I feel like the guy that I always wanted to model my career off of after Todd Ziegler, he became the car chief on that, like right when they were making a playoff run. And Riley's been um, pretty complimentary of him. So high tide raises all ships. Good guys always end up uh, making good programs better, even if they're not in the limelight. So happy for all those boys at Stuart Haas. It's been a bleak year getting some wins on the Xfinity Series now. Yeah, that was part of the emotion that I loved. It just comes pouring out of a first-time winner. And for Riley to say it was such a disappointment and even an embarrassment to not make the playoffs when you're a part of Stuart Haas, but at least try to end the season on a strong note. On the week that he said he's re-signed with Stuart Haas for next year, he's coming back. So pretty awesome week for Riley. Um, on the cup side, Corey, how was it out there today? Uh, we don't have as fast of a hot rod as we had hoped coming out here to the Sin City. Uh, this has been one of our better mile and a half. And the car just doesn't have a lot of speed in it. We're trying to get the hand in a bit better, but we have been a 28th, 28th in practice. We qualified 28th, uh, so not a whole lot of raw speed in our car. Hopefully, with a little bit warmer weather today, the track comes to us because I think we're a little bit softer and uh, didn't really hedge our bet to one lap speed. Hopefully, that long run speed can kind of come back in our favor. Uh, but there are several, several fast cars, and we can get to that in a minute. But it was the first time. And probably the only time in my life that I would be driving a race car in the middle of an eclipse. That was bizarre. It was what like was I was on life? Mars. <laughs> it like it was this weird, obviously that because 
it was like 85% coverage here in Vegas. So it was legitimately like, I've never been on Mars, but I've seen the movies. It was like this like haze of fog, like not quite lit up, not quite dark, kind of shady, kind of not. Felt like you were on a different planet. And it was pretty bizarre. And I was hoping that it was going to make my car faster relative to the field, but it did not. I was wondering if they were going to have to throw a caution or something for darkness. Like I had no idea how it was going to play out. Oh, we had, so they turned the lights on at the racetrack actually. So oh that gosh. was, that was pretty wild. Uh, it wasn't that dark though. I mean, it was like, it was, I can't even describe it. It was just like a little tinge of sunlight, not there. It was like, if it was the sun with just like, 30% of the power taken away from the sun, just like the dimmer switch, you just knocked it down to like 40%. And then after like an hour, you just cranked the dimmer back up and there it was. Thought Jesus was coming back. <laughs> Maybe that's what Chase Elliott and uh, and Suarez can blame for getting into the wall. Yeah, that's what the full moon made the right retires have a little bit too much pressure or not enough pressure. Definitely unfortunate to see that nine car lower right rear and then the 99 as well, right there late in practice. So there was... A lot of concerned engineers and crew chiefs towards the end of those practice sessions, hoping you hit the camber number right, hoping you hit the air pressure number right. Uh, and I do think it's going to be a factor tomorrow. Well, the five car had a had a big issue, too, that they avoided. <clears throat> you know, he had about the same chunk out of his tire the nine car did, but he said he felt it when he came off a of two and just backed it down. So big, big catch by Kyle. Is that a Chevy thing? Because um, it's two key partner Chevy teams. So I was wondering, you know, they share notes pretty closely. I was wondering if that's a Chevy thing or if it's pertinent to everybody. All the OEMs take the tire data and they all digest it and look at it their own way, right? Toyota looks at it their own way, Chevy and, and Ford. So Chevrolet looks at the tire data and then disperses it to the key partner team. So they have their air pressure and their bump stop load and their max camber targets. And they all, they have a graph of, okay, this is where we consider the danger zone. This is where you can be, you know, one or two tenths underneath that. Uh, but I think with that added uh, shade this morning, lap times were probably three or four tenths faster than what crew chiefs were anticipating off the sim. I think we were, our sim lap was a 29.80. We ran 28 or 29.50s and then. So the fast guys were in that 29 flat range. So that's about a half second faster than what your simulation's running. I think that's what created the problem. Is that the sketchiest? Is that one of the sketchiest places to rifle it off in a one first lap practice? Uh, you just know you have to be fully committed. And the track has a lot of grip, but it's fairly flat. There's got some tunnel bumps and you just know you've got to send it. And I heard Larson. Yeah, I asked that because I heard Larson on PRN. They were like, How's how's this? Probably nothing compared to that Indy car this weekend. He's like, no, nope, turn one here is pretty scary. So that's that's why I asked that question. Well, I think just the weight of the car and the margin for error is slim. I mean, the Indy car is made to stick to the road, right? So I, I'd be curious to hear what Kyle Larson's uh, initial reactions were to that Indy car test. That was pretty cool, but yeah, it's a uh, you definitely got to put them on the dash whenever you're one in a one one ninety seven. I was wondering if you guys found that story interesting this week at all. Kyle passed his rookie orientation with flying colors. Tony Kanon said he's the greatest of this generation that he's ever seen. And I guess they keep like a, he was 221 high speed in the straights, 217 in the corners. 
but they have this like average speed that you have to hit. So they put like a cell phone on the dash or something and there's a number and he's like, you have to hit this number every lap or you have to do your lap again. He's never seen anyone hit it every single lap like dead on, but Kyle did it. Does that surprise you? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, he is, he's, he's the, the best guy in this, I don't know, called generation. Right? I mean, 25 to 35 range, he's that dude. And there's always one. Yeah, and if you talk about like Tony Stewart, right? If Tony Stewart's the bar, he's better than Tony Stewart as far as like short track stuff. You know, when he goes, Tony Stewart never went in one outlaw race that will like that or anything Kyle like Larson. Kyle Larson does. Pretty damn good. No. It's just and crazy. It's, like, first time is, ever in an Indy car and just nails it. I, I mean, I'm not going to take, I'm not discrediting anything. It's fairly straightforward. I think you just mash the gas, and if your car is uh, handle, they just put you know put a bunch of a trim in it and let that thing just suck down to the road. They just keep knocking trim out of it as you go. But uh, I mean, as Connor Daly says, you just take your left foot and then you just put it on top of your right foot, and then you just hope it makes the corner. So I think that if there's anybody that doesn't let his foot and his brain connect, or at least let his brain slow his foot down, it's Kyle Larson. That guy will just keep that thing on the wood. And then I was like, well, does it cause a distraction? Like he's in the midst of the round of eight. He's one one hundredth of a second off the pole today. <laughs> like Well, then he, he goes and wins the championship of his of his own sprint car series in Putnamville, Indiana on like Tuesday, right? Then he goes to Indiana, goes to Indianapolis, and he's testing the Indy car. It's just people don't appreciate it. It's just unbelievable. Be more of a distraction if he wasn't racing. What the hell else is he gonna do? Yeah. That's what he said. Yeah. He was like, I'm glad it's in the middle of the playoffs. Kind of goes back to remember when Kurt Bush was on our show recently and he was talking about like how it's good, like he was doing what, Taekwondo or something? Like he's like, It's good for your brain to be firing off and all this different stuff. It just makes you better. Absolutely. I mean, it's all it's just continuing to grow the sensation, the synapses in your brain of having your brain understand the feel that your body's getting from a race car, no matter what downforce it is, no matter how heavy the car is or horsepower, when you're getting it input from so many different cars, you're naturally going to become excellent at your craft. Uh, but the, also the amount of time that he's dedicating to it is second to none as well, right? There's a balance there that uh, he doesn't really know. I don't think it's just all racing all the time and his family, he's kind of molded around that. So that, that is what it takes to become the best. And, and Kyle Larson certainly is one of the best. So rolling off outside pole today, Danielle, who do you like? I like those Hendrick cars. I think Byron looks great. Larson, if Bell can put a full race together with pit crew not making any mistakes, he's our pole sitter. Um, have my eye on Denny Hamlin. He kind of called a shot, though. He's the deepest uh, playoff guy starting 15th. Blaney's 12th. The other playoff guys, like one through five. Reddick is eighth. But Denny said on his podcast the other day that he practices and like qualifying in practice, he sucks at Vegas. But then he says he races there really well. So I have no, I have no idea what we'll see out of the 11, but like the 24 and the five. I learned a long time one. ago. Yeah, you got to pick one. Oh, okay. I'll go with the five. Pretty good. You guys? I, I learned a long time ago. With Tony Stewart in 2011, we went to Homestead and we qualified like 16th and Carl Edwards qualified on the pole and everybody just wanted to give Carl Edwards the win right away. That qualifying 
the biggest thing that qualifying gives you is your pit stall, right? And the 20 car is going to be in pit stall one again. And it, for some reason, the 20 car on the pole in pit stall one just doesn't work out. I hope it does this week for them. Um, and then the five, the 24, the 19, the 11, everybody's got good pit stalls, except for the 12 car. We picked an opening in and the one car that you don't want to be in front of you, the nine car who, uh, who didn't get to qualify, they they were given their pit stall because they're the last ones. They, they ended up right in front of us. So it'll be a scrum for us all day, but I, I do think that we'll have good speed. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 the dark horse that I see, if I'm not picking ourselves, the dark horse that I see that I don't think enough people are talking about is the 45 car, and I'll ride. I'll, if, if it's not the 12, I'm riding with the 45. MJ's in town with them too, giving them that extra pressure, you know. I'll tell you. I I know he's not in the playoffs. Um, he got kicked out last round. The one car on lap averages was strong, buddy. That thing held on better than the five, better than the 24. Ross Chastain was blazingly fast. I think we talk, we continue to talk about it. How many times? The 20 car on the pole, first pit box. We keep asking them, just go. Just go win the race. Execute the day. And they haven't. So I'm not going to go let them let us down again. I'm not taking the 20. I'm not going with the one. I'm going to go with one of the eight. I just think that you cannot stop Willie Beard right now. I mean, he is on another one. So going with a 2-4. Ross Chastain almost won this race a year ago. He got passed with two laps to go. Joey had fresh tires, moved through the field, and made a late pass for the win. So... We'll see. I mean, we had someone play spoiler last week in, in Almendinger, so we'll see if if Ross or Joey or somebody else can pull it off. But I don't know, man. We've trimmed all the fat. No disrespect to the, the eight that have gone home. I feel like it's the final four races of the year, like it's playoff guys from here on out getting wins. The wicks are turned up. I mean, you're laying down sub nine second stops. There's no more fluff out there. It's straightforward. It's going to be your eight guys in the top 10 all day from here on out. Corey, I, the other question mark I had was Truex because it's just been not a great first two rounds. Plus 15 above the cut entering this race. And he almost, when he was asked about it today after qualifying, he almost acted like it was business as usual and just said he has a lot of confidence in his team. And he acted like the first, you know, two rounds have been great and they've been anything but. Is that kind of playing to the cameras a little bit? Is that kind of sending a message to your team that everything's going to be okay? How do you guys just like block out bad races? I think every week is a new week and a new opportunity. Obviously, this week is the first race of the next round. I think it's easy to forget the last last race, let alone the last round or the last six races in the terms of 19 car. I mean, all, all it takes is one one week to get one, your ticket punched to Homestead, or just get some momentum turned around. And, and they even said it on this after his first lap in qualifying. He goes, this thing's really freaking good. So for him to have that much confidence in his car, those guys are going to be able to be in contention all day. You know, if generally if Martin starts up there, he can usually maintain up there. If he has some adversity, it generally doesn't go his way for him. They rarely do they rally and pull themselves out of the pit. But if, if that car has speed out of the truck, which it does this weekend, those guys should be in contention. Martin Truick's a tough one because he could win the last five races or finish last in the last five races, and you're probably going to get the same reaction 
He's like a typical 609 New Jersey redneck. Oh, I forgot. He's a Jersey boy. No, I'm from the 732. He's from 609. It's like you might as well be from Kentucky if you're down there. Eagles fans, you're down there in the Pine Barrens. It's the same state, different country, it seems like. Makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not calling him a redneck, but he does enjoy a deer stand and a grizzly beard. Um, On the Penske front, Flores, I think it's interesting. We talked to Bullens and Paul Wolf this week, and they said it doesn't get enough attention. Like They say this race is the most important of the entire year because it gives you two weeks if you win it to just focus on your Phoenix car. And Paul said that's that was the difference between winning the championship with Joey last year and not. Yeah, I mean the last you know the last two times Joey won this race, he won the championship. Same thing with Larson. Same thing with Jimmy. There's four guys that have done it. It also just takes so much pressure off. You know, there's there's so much week to week. Like in the playoffs, when you're not locked in, it's just like you live week to week. It, not even just at the racetrack, right? At home with your kids, the stress is real. You know, your pit crew, your road crew, your crew chief, it's all you're thinking about. You're not really present. You're not You're not really present at home or anywhere else other than focusing on, you know, how to get to the next round. I, last week when we didn't have to, you know, compete really at Charlotte because we were locked in, it was just like a whole different game. You know, every like it was an easy week. Everybody was fun. I was present at home. This week, it's like business as usual. Like the the cortisol levels are up. Like it's it's not. Um, it's I, I wouldn't say business as usual. It's it's very stressful. It's it's very much you know the wicks turned up. But you you get rid of that for a couple of weeks and are able to dial in and work on the stuff that's pertinent to Phoenix. It's a big deal. I think there's. I mean, there is probably I don't know four hundred adjustments that you can make if you just. Talked about every suspension point, every area that contacts the tire, body pitch, aerodynamics. I mean, just every aspect of this car that can make it handle. If you have an additional eight, 10 hours in the simulator specifically working on Phoenix, if you have another opportunity to go through your notes, and, and you're talking 10 thou of t- tire slip in a corner can make it drive really good or really bad, right? So you're looking for legitimately pennies in every aspect of the car and through a usual week of just your one two hour or two and a half hour simulator session there's only so many things you can get to in that block of time that can prepare you for that week and there are probably several things you leave on the table that you wish you had a chance to try and if you have an an additional uh, however much time to just work on every little minute adjustment and shock setting you could run through the sweeps you could run through every different tire slip uh angle on the simulator to find what's best in every corner that's going to put you if it puts you one percent ahead of those other three guys that had to only work on it really prepare for a week that's a difference i think anymore of what separates the champions from the other three guys that are also there running so so um, you'd say you get the stack pennies and then once you're locked into phoenix you can kind of go mingling your spare change is that what you're getting at uh yes i I think that's what you would say you can just rummage around your spare change like we are doing today it's your best work flores a dad joke he's a dad father too pulling out his good material 
Corey says I wear dad hats. Flores says dad. dad jokes. That's a dad hat. That is a dad hat. Um, Carolina Panthers hats. Tough, it's tough watch for those boys this year. 0-5. Yeah, I um, think Coach Prime. What? I said I think Coach Prime can roll in with them boys from Colorado and beat us right now, but that's besides the point. <laughs> Corey, coolest thing you've seen in Vegas all the talk this week. It's on everyone's Instagram story that's out there for the race weekend. The sphere. The sphere's right outside my window of my blue green vacations resort, as as is the backside of the grandstands for the F1 race. I wouldn't have known what the sphere was because I'm not on social media, so nothing really makes its way to me. But I looked at the window and there was a giant eyeball looking at me from about a quarter mile away. It is an unbelievable architectural building. It's just legitimately, as it says, a sphere with LED lights all around it. With, It's just mind-boggling how big it is and how vibrant it is. And I'll say this, they better get to work on that freaking grandstand because the F1 race is here in about a month and it's only about half completed. So those boys better chop, chop and build some grandstand. Uh-oh. Ours are already in place. We're ready to go, Las Vegas Motor Speedway. If you're heading out to the track, enjoy it. Corey and the boys, Flores, are going to put on a good show. Anything to close it out? Final thoughts? I think it'll be a decent day for me in DraftKings if you want to take me starting deep, starting deep in the field. We have a, we, we got a, uh, I think we got around top 15. So decent DraftKings pick for your boy. Go get him, Flores. Thanks. Good stops all day. Good's the enemy of great. Huh? Good's the enemy of great, they say. I thought you were going to give us, if you if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. That too. All the, all the quotes, all the inspirational quotes. I'm going to stay up late watching them tonight. <laughs> all the things. It is playoff time. Flores with the 12 car and Ryan Blaney. They are in it to win this thing. We'll see if you guys can punch your ticket to Phoenix. One team is going to do it, guys. This this race, it's a big, big deal. 2.30 p.m. Eastern time on NBC. We'll be back next week with the usual pod Wednesday to recap it all. Wanted to give you a little weekend recap, as we always do on Spare Change for Stacking Pennies, presented by Mobile One. Thanks for watching.